0: podcast into all of Azeroth, this is World of Warcast. I am Renata, and this is the start of a series of mini-casts that we're going to be putting out in addition to the regular casts, partly in an effort just to get more content out there, but also to cover some topics in a shorter format that people may be interested in that will help them with their game. We've gotten some feedback on our forums, and thank you for everyone who is sending feedback, That they'd like to hear more about some of the basics of the game. So this is the first in a series I'm going to be doing, and hopefully in future casts I will bring on some guests to talk about some other topics, but this series is going to be called Back to Basics, because it's going to cover some of the nitty-gritty of playing and operating in the game World of Warcraft. The first topic that I plan to cover with Back to Basics is soloing. Anyone who's listened to our cast for a while knows that I am very big on soloing as an activity in World of Warcraft. Now there's a lot of people who think of soloing as something to do only when they can't get a group and certainly that's a perfectly legitimate way of looking at it, but for me soloing is an activity in and of itself. It's something I enjoy doing. It's something I seek out doing. I do group a great deal. There are some things you can only do in groups, but I like to spend a certain amount of my time soloing, partially for the challenge and for a variety of other reasons which I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. I think it also may go back to the fact that when I grew up as such in video games, there was no such thing as a large multiplayer game. There were MUDs, which stands for multi-user dungeons, but really these were not much more sophisticated than some of the very early text-based games. They were on servers, and yeah, a lot of people played them, but they weren't interactive the way that today's massively multiplayer online role-playing games are today. So, when I grew up in video games, the RPG game was a solo game. You didn't play it online. You just played it locally on your machine. It's a paradigm I'm used to, and perhaps this accounts for my taste for soloing. What are some of the reasons you might want to solo in the game? There's a lot of them. For one thing, you can be on your own schedule and work on the quests that you want to work on in the order you want to work on them. When you're grouped with someone for quests, you may not be on all the same quests. You may have some they don't, they have some you don't, and sometimes you can share them and sometimes you can't. Sometimes you want to be on a different pace than the other person. One person may want to rush right through a lot of quests, and you want to go off and do some quests while you're picking herbs or doing a little fishing. Some people like to explore more, take time to read the quest logs, look around, and that doesn't work very well when you're paired with someone who's, you know, go, go, go. It gives you a chance to do the game kind of on your own pace and your own schedule. One of the really nice things about soloing is there are, by default, no disputes about loot. You get everything. so A lot of people prefer to do their farming, that is, looking for specific objects, when they're soloing. And personally, I prefer to do most of my collection quests when soloing. Collection quests are the kind of quests where you have to pick up a certain number of a certain object and you might get like you know fifteen panther claws or ten ogre heads or something like that unfortunately a mob will usually only drop one of those for one person so if you have say a quest to collect ten of an object if you have three people who are working on the quest together now you've got to collect thirty of them ten for each person It's not like some of the other special item quests where you have to get one object and it will drop one for every person in the group and you've only got to kill, well, at least in theory, one mob, although it may take a while. There's no dealing with having to find a group. You can just get in the game and go do something. And that's really one of the beauties of WoW, I think, is that you can do things when you want to, even if you only have 10 or 15 minutes to play at a time there are some realities of soloing and some of these are disadvantages as such. Some are just things you you just got to deal with. Um, When you're soloing you really have to pick your battles. You're not going to be able to do everything and how you pick your battles is going to be in some part dependent on your class. For example with a warrior, which I have a lot of experience soloing warrior, And there are people who say you can't solo warriors, but you can, it's just not always ideal. Warriors do not excel with handling groups of mobs. There's really very limited ways to control groups. There's one fear shout that you have called intimidating shout, but that only fears them off for a short period of time and it's got a relatively long cooldown, so you can't use that very much it's not like a warlock fear which you can do much more frequently and you've got more options. A warrior is going to be looking for situations where they can single pull mobs and that's not always going to be possible. Warriors also do much better against mobs that are uh, a melee type rather than a caster type simply because a caster type deals a lot of damage a lot of them will do annoying things like freeze you to the ground and then run away like you know how some players will do in pvp so they're really not an ideal mob for warriors so if i'm soloing with a warrior i'm going to be looking for mobs where i can get only one reliably and my preference is always going to be for a non-caster now with a character like a warlock for example where you can where you've got many more options for controlling crowds you've got your fears, Banish, then you have a different set of options. So the key is knowing your class and knowing what you can handle and what you can't handle and trying that out in a solo mode and, and seeing what you can do. Another reality of soloing is you need to be more self-reliant and self-prepared in terms of having your own food, your own water, stat food, bandages, potions, anything for self-buffing. I'll get a little bit more into that because there's some tricks you can use for preparation which really help a great deal. You may find, especially for melee classes, that it's more expensive to run a solo tune than it is to run a grouping tune simply because you're going to be even more gear dependent. You're going to be more reliant on yourself. Your stuff has to be better to really succeed as a good solo player because there's no one else to pick up the slack. One of the other realities of soloing, if you do it a lot and you're not already in a guild, is you're not gonna make many friends. (laughs) And friends come in very handy in this game when you need to do something that you can't do yourself. And you're not going to be able to do everything yourself. So here's some of my rules for good soloing. The first rule is if you know you're going to be soloing a lot, pick a good class for soloing or pick a good build for your class for soloing. One of the really great things about WoW, and it's actually one of the reasons that I chose to play WoW when I was looking for a new MMORPG to play after quitting EverQuest, is that you can solo any character class. And that was not true of most of most of the characters in Everquest. You couldn't solo except with just a few character classes you can solo anything in World of Warcraft. What is true is is that some classes and some builds are easier to solo than others. So if you're going know you're going to be soloing a lot, you may want to pick one of these easier character classes. I have a lot of alts, and anyone who's listened to the cast knows this. I have played every character class up through level 30, except for Druid, which I only got up to 25, I think. But in my opinion, the easiest classes to solo are Hunter and Warlock, for a very simple reason. They're a pet class. You're never really playing alone when you're playing with a pet. You've always got another character, quote unquote to help you out with things, for crowd control, for dealing with ads, for doing damage. It's really... You know, there's a reason that you see so many hunters and so many warlocks around is they're not easy classes to play but they're they're of the classes that you can solo, they're the easiest to adapt to a solo style. Warlocks especially are a very subtle and nuanced class and it takes a good deal to learn to be a good warlock. It takes good great deal to be a good hunter too, but these are the most adaptable for solo style play. The Warrior is largely considered to be one of the worst solo classes, and yet I have successfully soloed that character right up through sixty. I grouped some, but I primarily did most of my leveling up uh, as a soloer. You can also build any character class to a solo type there are some builds of characters which lend themselves better to soloing than others for example a shadow priest is going to be easier to solo than a holy priest a holy priest is not impossible to solo but it's easier in shadow form with a warrior you want to avoid a protection spec if you're going to be soloing a lot just because it's going to take you so long to kill anything Druids, many people say, again, I don't have a great deal of experience with druids, that feral druids are easier to solo than balance or restoration druids. So, If you look around at different uh, class boards, one of the resources I often use when I'm looking for class information is worldofwar.net. You can also look at wowwiki.com. and They have excellent resources for people who are looking at different builds, and many of them will list builds which are good for soloing. The next tip is have realistic soloing goals and I touched on this a little bit when I was talking about the realities of soloing. You have to know and practice your limits. You might need to wait to complete certain quests that are more difficult, uh, such as quests that involve elites. Patience really is the key to successful soloing because you may not be able to have instant gratification when you're doing things. Don't expect to be able to complete a quest just because it says that it's your level. It may be basing that on the fact that they're expecting you to use a group rather than being a soloer. And just realize that some quests may be impossible for you to solo, such as instance fights uh, at the appropriate level or some elites or ones that just have a lot of ads, a lot of mobs, etc. You may have to group on occasion to complete these quests and many of these quests are really worthwhile to do simply because the rewards tend to be much higher. Soloing does mean that you get all the loot, which is great. But it also means that you've got to be better equipped than a comparable grouping character, as I said, because you've got no one else to pick up the slack. This is especially true of melee classes. I can't stress this enough that warriors and and other melee classes need to be better equipped as a soloer than they need to be as a grouping character. if you're skipping instances because you don't want a group, you're also skipping good free upgrades, and some of the best quest rewards in the game. Either you may want to make exceptions for instances, get get groups for those, or realize you're going to be spending a lot of time trying to make money. There are a lot of good ways to make money as a solo character. You may need these alternate sources of income to buy the best out of the auction house. You may be able to solo and farm lower level instances for cash, not for things you can use yourself, but things you can sell. And you'll discover over time which instances you can and can't do this with. Really Scarlet Monastery is considered to be for most people the highest level dungeon that people can solo effectively at 60. Now uh, some people will say oh they've soloed parts of other dungeons successfully at a higher level, but in general, Scarlet Monastery is going to be the highest at least until Burning Crusade comes out and the level cap goes up. But you can, for example, solo dead mines in your early 30s or SFK uh, Shadowfang keep in your late 30s, early 40s. I've done it many times myself and that can be a pretty good source of income. Dead mines is really good for wool and also for mining. On this note, Select professions that are going to help you the most as a solo character. Gathering skills are going to get you the most money. These are skinning, mining, and herbalism. Alchemy and herbalism is really the only manufacturing and gathering combination that really seems to create more value than it absorbs. A lot of solo tunes really like engineering, but engineering is very expensive to get up. So. Unless you're a twink, unless you have a level 60 character who's supporting you, probably engineering isn't going to be your best bet. Although it's a lot of fun and it is very helpful for certain solo situations, particularly for paladins who don't get a ranged attack for a very long time. But alchemy and herbalism gives you potions, which gives you an ability to self-buff and self-heal in ways that you wouldn't normally get. and many potions sell very well and I know from having alchemists you often collect far more herbs than you can use in your potions and you can sell whatever you don't use also in my opinion you really need to learn the secondary professions well these are cooking first aid and fishing fishing is a good source of income it also helps you level your cooking skill and gives you valuable fish for alchemy, which if you don't use it yourself, you can still sell for good money. Cooking gives you stat food. It's a way to self-buff. And first aid, of course, is bandages and poison cures. And believe me, as a solo tune, I go through a lot of bandages and a lot of anti-venom. So these are very very valuable things. I never go anywhere without my stat food and my band-aids. And as I've said before, any way you can self-buff gives you just that much more of an edge and gives you much more power with soloing. Scrolls, like scroll of protection, scroll of intellect, scroll of spirit, etc. Often sell for less on the auction house than potions that do the same thing. Now they have a shorter duration. Um, they last for 30 minutes rather than lasting for 60 minutes. So, for example, one of the things you might want to check is an elixir of defense and a scroll of protection both give you plus armor. But if you find that a comparable scroll of protection is more than half the price of an Elixir of Defense. An Elixir of Defense is going to give you more bang for your money because it lasts twice as long. So you'll need to look on your individual auction house, but do look at scrolls to see if they might be a, a viable and possibly cheaper way. I've seen scrolls selling for small amounts of silver, you know, like 510 silver each whereas a comparable potion is going for almost a gold. So they can be a very very cheap way of giving yourself buffs. Always look at reagent vendors and lure keepers and other vendors to see if perhaps they are selling cheap scrolls or potions. Um, The goblins often have those little mechanical vendors with them and these are often a good source for cheap scrolls and potions. Be aware of what these sell for on the Auction House, because they may not be a good deal, but depending on the economy on your server, they might be a really, really cheap way of getting those things. I know there's certain ones I always stop at. There's a Lorekeeper in Freewind Post, and the little mechanicals in the two spots in Deslas, one near Manorock Coven and one near Thunderax Fortress, that often have cheap scrolls and potions, which I always buy so check any of the odd vendors that you find you may find something there last if you want the best of both worlds you want to solo but you like having the company and someone to talk to try to find a guild that's willing to support soloers I mean this is going to limit you primarily to social guilds casual guilds and family guilds and just because you're a member of the guild doesn't mean that you can't put back into it you'll need to show up you'll need to help you'll need to invest in that guild, so you're not going to be able to just be a soloer and just talk to people and never do anything. But a guild that supports soloing can be a great support system for a soloer who just wants someone to talk to while they're out working. Well, that's it for soloing, and I'd like to thank you for tuning into this little mini-cast. If you'd like to visit our boards, our address is www.worldofwarcast.com. If you'd like to contact me, my email is renata at worldofwarcast.com. You can also contact Starman at starman at worldofwarcast.com. Our Skype address is World of Warcast, that's all one word, and you leave us a voicemail. We're always happy to hear from you. If you'd like to visit our entry on iTunes, and please leave a review. We have a lot of reviews. We do read them. We do take them to heart. And this minicast is a result of reviews from listeners like you. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you later.